0: It's the Rotten Retro Time Machine. Whatever, mate. Welcome back from a long, hot summer. Welcome (laughs) back to to the Rotten Retro Time Machine. Um, We've been away for a couple of months. I know it seemed like an eternity to you, but it nearly was an eternity to me. (laughs) 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 Uh, during that time. During that time, I had uh, life saving surgery on my brain. Uh, So, I really want to sincerely thank uh, the neurology team at uh, the Queen's Medical Centre Nottingham for uh, uh, a job well done on uh, restoring my brain to full working order. And um, also, um, you can judge the success of the operation throughout this podcast. uh so uh 1988 this week um in our return to action um before we start has anyone else had any life-saving surgery this uh summer or is it just me i
1: had my toenails done which was touch and go for a while but uh i you know i came through um so big thanks to the uh the toenail team at the, the queen's medical center and all that um, the,
0: thing, the thing is i've seen you in sandals and i thought that <laughs> I thought there was a risk
1: It's <laughs> <That's> like Wolverine <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank, God, thank God they've been seen
2: <laughs> should, have, should have had it done years ago <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: uh, Nothing dramatic at this end uh, I just had my ears to Yeah. Oh I yeah Because he
0: got this in yeah, Stu inquired what shoe size I took while I was in hospital, thought that was very kind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I was hoping to be a 12, but a 10's that used to be, so. a <laughs> so 1988,
0: interesting year. Um, I'm sure we're going to be talking about the internet being invented, as we always do, or something yeah. significant <laughs> related to the internet that marked the founding of the internet, not necessarily the birth of the internet. Um
1: Let's just the, say internet once more.
0: Internet. There
1: we go. Thank you. Something like that.
0: Mm. Yeah. I was flicking through um, the big hits of the year, actually. And uh, never going to give you up, Rick Astley. Wow. Nice. The conversation killer, I thought you saying. Yeah. Because <laughs> all the kids are using it now on their flipping memes and, and stuff.
2: You get a short. Sure. Exactly. You? Sorry, guys. There you go go You see, you get Rick
1: Rolled, don't you? They put a link to some <laughs> no, say, look no. at this link, and it's and you click on it, thinking it's a news story or whatever, and it's just Rick Astley singing, "Never Gonna Give You Up."
2: Well, have you noticed that Mark does look like a modern-day Rick Astley? If you compare a picture of Rick Astley now yeah. to Mark, if Rick, Astley,
1: if Rick Astley was still alive, it looked just like Mark now.
2: I tell you what, if Mark hadn't made it through brain surgery, we'd have got Rick Astley stepping in here.
0: (laughs) To be fair, he'd have probably done more research than me for this week. (laughs) At
1: least least he'd have remembered 1988.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when was it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Gary, get Mark not slurring and remembering stuff. It's amazing, isn't it?
0: (laughs) This is the thing, now that I'm fully sober, it's even harder. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. i thought it would be naturally these things come naturally easy to people but it turns out you need uh lubrication
2: possible title <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah so uh i'm I feel out really already out of
1: practice though yeah already mm-hmm. already i feel i feel like because we haven't done it for a while i feel i feel a bit rusty
2: on this again possible title of... yeah well should we go back to what we know and just like, <laughs> we, we know nothing. Don't we? <laughs> we do. We know that in 1988, the internet was invented. <laughs> of course it was. We know this. Um, uh, apparently, the, the Morris worm was the first worst car ever. The Morris worm was one of the first computer worms distributed via the internet. And that was in 1988. And also, Microsoft sold its one millionth mouse in 1988. If that's not inventing the internet, I don't know what is. Oh. And that at sounds least, we, at like least we know
1: exactly what it was invented now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Until next time.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, must, it must, must have been invented because presumably they stopped distributing viruses by floppy disk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we had one at, our, uh, at my um, sixth form college. Someone sent a disk and it was a Winchester disk. So it was a big wheel. And it's uh, just sent it to the college and lots of colleges thought, oh, I wonder what this is and put it into their system. And it and it uh, it ruined things for them. But our teachers were too too smart for that ruse. But yeah, so viruses did go around, even even through the post on big disks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <clears throat> like ricin or something coming yes, through it. Yes. As about, can you guess, and this is this is linked to 1988, in 1988, one of the most hated, it was voted the most, one of the most hated fictional TV characters in the history of television made their final appearance in 1988. Can you guess the most hated fictional TV character of all time?
1: Is it's it it's from someone from a soap, presumably?
2: No. Oh, oh gosh. Oh,
0: the most hated. Yeah.
2: Voted one of the most hated.
0: Yeah. I was thinking like somebody like Dirty Den, and yeah. then you ruin that. There's no soap.
2: Way it's worse even... than Dirty Den.
0: Way worse than Dirty Den.
2: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I'll put you out of your misery. Yeah. The most, one of the most hate voted by the viewers in television land, the most hated fictional TV character of all time was. Scrappy do,
0: <laughs> I could see that actually. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. Scrappy do, <laughs> uh, introduced in 1979, made his last uh, appearance in 1988 due to an audience backlash. That
1: was a long a- backlash, wasn't yeah.
2: it? From 1979 to 88. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, yes, yes, he was annoying, but I, I thought there's got to be something in his defense, so I- I've looked it up. And apparently, it turns out, Scrappy-Doo was actually the one who saved the show Scooby-Doo. Because apparently it was losing viewers, hand over fist, and was facing cancellation. So the writers came up with the idea of Scrappy-Doo. And initially, ratings went up. But then, uh, then, apparently, they changed the format again. And then the show became more about Scrappy. And then he became like the leader of it. And then it was just like about him, and everyone hated him.
1: Oh, I remember it. It did. They did tweak it, so it was instead of having the the gang with Freddie and Velma and um, Daphne, it just became Scooby Doo, Shaggy, yeah. and Scrappy Doo. Um, and I used to hate those. I remember well, that.
2: But in those children's in those children's cartoons of that era, they did that quite a lot. Bought in a sort of cutesy. Kind of friend character. Remember Godzilla cartoon, and then they brought in Godzuki. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Yes yeah. So, so, okay. so come on,
0: sorry. No, I was just going to say it's because the main the main stars of these shows had, had turned to drink and drugs by that point. So uh, <laughs> Scooby had joined Shaggy on the half cakes. What <laughs>
2: Scooby snacks?
0: Wasn't, yeah, wasn't read, wasn't reading his lines, so they had to bring a uh, a new guy in.
2: Again, a bit like we obviously did with you with Rick Astley.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a strange thing to have a backlash, though, isn't it? Like 10 years too late.
2: Yeah, it's been for nine, 10 years. Although, can you imagine if it was social media and Twitter was about? It wouldn't have lasted now, wouldn't we? Scrap, scrappy. Hashtag scrap, scrappy.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't have lasted beyond 1980, would he? Let alone 1988.
2: It wouldn't. but but then he got me thinking. I thought, well, who are some of the others on that list that got voted? So I've looked it up. And some of the other most hated characters of all time are Ross Geller from Friends.
0: Oh, no malice in him,
2: though, is there? Oh, no, apparently it was because of his, and this is quotes here, his uh, pernickety behaviour and endless victim complex. Yeah. So uh, there we go. Uh, Screech from Saved by the Bell. Well.
0: It's didn't whatnot. he appear in one of those films you like?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that I knew the Gabby or I answered because you didn't, you didn't put a name on that. So we was like yeah. oh, my God. I thought you um, meant like Godzilla films. Anyway, I think he's dead, isn't he? Didn't he make some horrible ending as well? <laughs> Same film. <laughs> 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 it was oh. a snuff movie, yeah. Um, uh, Leonard from The Big Bang Theory.
0: Yeah. Never never got through a whole episode. I haven't yet.
2: watched any of these programs so far. I, I've watched about half an episode of the Big Band Theory, and out of all the characters that were irritating, i.e. all of them, he was yeah. Uh Newman's from Seinfeld. Oh yeah,
0: you can see that, but that was a that was a genuine one.
1: Okay. I, I used to like the hello
2: Newman yeah. line every time. I used to like that. Yeah. And uh Snarf from Thundercats. <laughs>
1: I was a bit like Orko from He-Man, wasn't he? That that yes. just what are you there
2: for? Light relief? So yeah, hated TV characters. Scrappy Doo, Metty's maker in 1988. Oh. Certainly went to the glue factory. <laughs> I don't a remember like, that episode. I tell you what else went to the glue factory, the doves at the opening of the nineteen eighty eight Olympics in Seoul. Do you remember that? Oh,
1: I remember that, yeah. Opening ceremony,
2: world-watching, last group of doves released into the the Korean sky (laughs) to symbolise peace, and then the world-watching horror as uh, the doves were cooked alive when the cauldron was ignited.
0: No. Yeah.
2: Remember that? Remember that?
0: No, I never heard that. That that That's brilliant. I always loved that. uh,
2: (laughs) For the singe of a dove.
0: Yeah. Not the same year, not the same year, but that uh wacko who followed the Jackson Court case, Michael Jackson Court case, and when he was found innocent, opened the box and it was full of doves. <laughs> started releasing them once he'd got off. I thought wow, out. That's that's another level that is isn't it. That's an, that's that's not just somebody putting the album back on the shelf, is it? It's kind of like, <laughs>
1: I, mean, I thought there was going to be some kind of terrible ending for the doves. though. Like They opened the box and they were all dead because there was no ventilation or, or something. But no, it was a genuine, there they go.
0: No, it was uh, It was more the surprise there was doves in the box. <laughs> it was like, what's this person doing? Oh, the releasing doves. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, Why what, has this person got a brown box under their arm? <laughs> Severed head? <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, thanks for that.
0: Twelve doves.
1: <laughs> so we can add we can add doves to the gone list for
2: nineteen eighty eight. Korean doves gone. Um, no I tell you what did what was gone in nineteen eighty eight? Crossroads ed for the last time. I know. Un- unusually something like that. You know, you'd say,
1: Well, they've come to a crossroads in their career. But actually, no.
2: It was a cul-de-sac. <laughs> it wasn't. I actually, for the last the last eighteen months, started watching it again. It actually got back, got back back into it in a sort of ironic way, I, really. I, was it Bomber? Someone called Tommy Bomber ran it or something in the end. Oh yes. Bomber, yes. Big brummy bloke in a blazer with a yes. with a with hair a bit like yours. In fact.
1: <laughs> and and it is is a little fact for you. He was a, a lions judge at Wimbledon as well. I've got a feeling. Oh this, no. is, this is ridiculous knowledge. Is his name something like Terence Rigby? Yes. I'm pretty sure it is. He was a lines, definitely a lions judge at Wimbledon one year, maybe even nineteen
0: eighty eight. This better be true because I don't want Wimbledon complaining.
1: It's it's true, <laughs> guaranteed. Yeah, what's Terence
2: Rigby? That was his name. Oh,
1: do you see? The knowledge, I've still got it.
0: Well, the thing is, when he says crossroads, I always think the little she- of the little chef you used to work at. <laughs> I, I I see them as one in the same
2: place. Gary McPhee. Has <laughs> the chef right. got pigs trotters? No, it's just
0: how he wants. No, right. not yielding chips only.
2: Right, Mark, you're, you're you're a Paul McCartney fan. I think it's safe to say. What's the link between Paul McCartney and Crossroads? Oh, um, I know. Yeah. I know. You know this, Mark. I'm I'm thinking about the theme
0: tune. Yeah, because it is it's got that McCartney like plucking <laughs> feel to it. Uh, but I genuinely don't know.
2: Yeah, well, they Wings on their 1975 album Venus and Mars, the last track was a cover of the theme tune to Crossroads. I'll and put it. I'll put it on the Facebook page. They used to
1: use it for what, like you know, like the big dramatic moments at the end of an episode. Yeah. Someone was leaving, or someone had died, or something.
2: Or Meg or, was on a on a ferry boat going somewhere.
1: Yeah. They'd play the the Wings version because it got like really dramatic guitars
2: in it. I will definitely, definitely put that on the yes. Facebook page. If anyone uh, listening, because I know we have listeners literally all around the world, don't we, Mark? Um, yeah. If, if we are on Facebook, so you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and we will put some of this stuff on. So then it got me thinking: which other rock musical greats have recorded cover versions of TV themes? There could be a playlist in this, Gary. Actually. Oh yeah, it could be As well. oh, So actually. the Ramones, another one of Mark's favorites, did the theme from Spider-Man. Did the Mark? Oh yeah. Um, uh, the Wedding Present did uh, two actually. The theme from Cheers. Yeah, that's a good one. Which is brilliant, and the theme to Twin Peaks. Oh, very good, uh, yeah. Uh, Manic Street Peaches, Preachers even did MASH. Um, oh, of course, yeah. And then I, uh, then I ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have me at Manic
0: Street Peaches. I thought this this, uh, it's one
2: of those angry videos. Angry back.
0: Fruit Bands.
1: <laughs> a cover Band doing a cover. It'd be brilliant.
0: <laughs> that would be something, wouldn't it, if you. Went to watch a cover of the Manic Street Preachers, and so they were the Manic Street Peaches.
2: <laughs> okay, so. i have just come up with a great tribute, man. There
0: came out with the old Del Monte outfits on.
2: <laughs> if, you tolerate, if you tolerate this, then your grapefruits will be next.
1: Yeah, I bet I bet they exist. The Manic Street Peaches. I bet I bet they exist.
2: If you've
0: thought of it, it's on the right, internet.
2: I'm going to Google that now. Gary, you got a Potter's wheel going or something. Whatever. Yeah, well, I've, ju- I've just been
1: checking Terence Rigby just to confirm. but And yes, he was a Lions judge at Wimbledon.
2: Is he alive
0: so or dead? He,
1: he died in um, not, uh, 2008. Oh, don't tell me that. Again. <laughs> yeah. Me day. Uh, uh, he was 71. Yeah, there you go. Oh, come too soon. Hey. Oh knowledge there for you crossroads knowledge everybody
2: needs, and everybody needs some
1: gone. everybody needs some
2: hang on there's something on youtube called the manic street peaches hang on <laughs> so, yeah it might not be viewable to a family <laughs> it's on youtube it's, it's got to be it should uh, be all right if
1: it's on youtube
2: yeah i was going to get through an advert about a sofa 1st Hang on. it normally is have you ever seen a youtube
0: advert where you think oh, i need one of those
1: yeah i must watch the end of this advert
2: right now this isn't a band this is just some people in feather boas sat on a sofa now talking with some music playing
1: bit, bit like us
2: i was gonna say without, <laughs> without the feather boas come on guys what we got for so, 88 well
1: on. um the big thing i i remember about uh february specifically in 1988 was the uh nagorno karabakh autonomous oblast which voted to secede from the Azerbaijan Soviet Socialist Republic and joined the Armenian SSR, which triggered the first Nagorno-Karabakh War, um, which was, you know, a big deal, obviously, back in uh, the 20th of February, 1988. After a radio Um, problem. It's probably still going on, um, but uh, I'll I'll check in with them later, see how they're getting on.
0: (laughs) Back in the ASSR. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> Back in <Yeah>. the ass. <laughs> possible title. Of. Right. Uh, okay. What? What was uh, silver, three foot tall, and never used again after 1988?
0: Metal Mickey. It Ooh. Tall. it's a
1: football. He was trophy.
0: at least five
1: feet. Is it a football trophy? It's not. No. No.
0: Tweaky from Book Rogers.
1: I can add in what's. Um, Silver, three foot tall, and rotates, and was never used again after
2: 1988.
0: Microwave at the little chef.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Mattel Gary Morby robot doll. Yeah, <laughs> it is.
1: Yeah, it's probably about the right size to me. It's, um, um, uh, just to go back to the microwave, we didn't have the rotating ones. It was just a. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the it is actually the the silver uh, knight on horseback anglia tv at at the start Uh, of anglia television programs
0: i used to like that
1: i know it but it wasn't used again after 1988 it doesn't seem that long ago since you know because you obviously you still see it occasionally on older programs i guess but um, it
0: was really silver as well wasn't it it was was like Mm. that, that was some that was a glitzy man on horseback
1: yeah and they uh they after I think it was the station started in nineteen fifty nine. It had been used every year until then. And then they spent five hundred thousand pounds on a stylized letter A as their new logo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, money so. well spent. Where's that then?
1: It's yeah. <laughs> but the the night is still in the uh T V the station offices, uh reception. If you really wanted to see it.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I do. Nah. <laughs> although if i lived in norfolk it might be the only thing to do <coughs> <Who knows? laughs> they have got nice beaches but they're filled with people from leicester all summer
1: <laughs> going how much is it apparently yeah. is what we we do in leicester apparently yeah. i don't know um but there we go
0: so did anybody see crocodile dundee 2 in 1988
1: I didn't see it in 1988. I saw it when it was on film four about like, five years ago or something. Um,
0: but did I have to did you it. know did you know how it differed greatly from Crocodile Dundee? Uh, in storyline cast.
1: Well isn't it But in the in the first one he goes from Australia to America and in the second one he goes in the opposite direction.
0: Yeah climate criminal. <laughs> and uh the the basic premise of each one is like man protects woman <laughs> and that, that's it but i did notice how much uh i want to say hulk hogan it's not hulk hogan is it paul <laughs> hogan
2: it would have been better had it been Hulk hogan. <laughs> yeah.
0: paul the hulk hogan <laughs> paul hogan the australian Paul Hogan is <laughs> 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 he's, uh, he's still alive. He's, uh, he's 80 years old and uh, has never been seen together with Joe Biden.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We've got to find a picture of that and put it on the Facebook page face now. <laughs> yeah, when
0: we when we announced Joe Biden's dismissal,
2: <laughs> yes, gone.
1: <laughs> for a different reason.
0: Yeah, TV was interested in 1988, but interesting in the fact it was rubbish. Like yes. lit- I got, um, I had a look at uh, some of the TV schedules on online, and I always like to uh, use the Christmas schedules because I think they're a good barometer. Because I think, well, families are together, we're going to put all the big shows on. So o- opening weekend of the uh, um, Radio Times. Christmas special for nineteen eighty eight, December the seventeenth kicks off at eight forty a.m. with Chuckle Vision, and uh, that, that's pro- that's the most highbrow program up until six p.m. when it uh, takes another turn for the worst with Noel Edmonds' Saturday Roadshow. By eight thirty p.m. Oh yeah, they decide to put a big movie on, The Poseidon Adventure.
1: Whoa. Whoa, steady. You got a lot of guts, lady.
0: (laughs) And clearly somebody at uh, the BBC offices has just thought, everyone's going out. (laughs) 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 Let's just put any old shit on.
2: (laughs) They'll be at the pub. No one
0: cares.
1: What's it? The the the, like the network premiere or something of uh, the Poseidon Adventure. For a
0: film made in 1972. is it
1: that old? Yeah. I thought it was about 1980 or something. God, I didn't realise it was that old.
0: Yeah, so they've got themselves a real coup.
2: We've got it, lads.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've got the big one. We've
0: got the rights. (laughs) We've got the rights. Borg Nine's got to go crackers when she falls in the water. (laughs) We've
1: got it. Has that got Gene Hackman
2: in? I think it has. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's got an all-star cast. It was just made.
1: It was just made a long time ago, <laughs> years before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so if that didn't kill Saturday Night, um, well, it clearly did. I didn't write make any other notes after that. I left it at that. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely. I'm done with this done with bbc one me what am i paying my license for
1: <laughs> sick of uh, this it was um 1980 in terms of telly 1988 was the year that 15 to 1 was first on first on channel 4 um, first episode was won by a teacher from northern ireland called gareth McMullen. Okay. what are the chances of that the big Oof. match about about 15 to 1 I imagine like chances of that were, to be honest um, um and it was also the year that that those uh people invaded the news when Sue Lawley was um broadcasting live yeah and I couldn't remember exactly what she said at the time but it was really really British um when people were, you could hear them running around in the background, and, she, and, and her, her comment was, We have been rather invaded by some people and who we hope to be removing shortly.
0: Yeah. Um, makes um, a change to be invaded, though, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> British usually do it elsewhere. So, <laughs> turning the tables.
1: Yeah, Brexit. And it, it um I don't know if you remember this, but I remember watching it at the time, Top of the Pops. 1988. Yeah. All About Eve. Oh, yes. You remember? I love know. If- All right. The, well, the, the, the Top of the Pops thing is that, at the time, they only ever used to let bands mime. They didn't let them sing live. So Peter Powell was there going, hey, you now at number 14, it's Bottle's uh, uh, Harbour by All About Eve. And it, as it panned across, you could hear the music going, but the band couldn't hear the playback. So they just sat there waiting for it to start to hear it. And it never came. And then everyone at home could still could hear it going because it used to be live, didn't it? And uh, and so they just sat there as their song was playing. So the week after they invited them back and they let them sing live. That's
2: right. Yes. Um, That must be on YouTube. I'll find it it on the Facebook page. It's got to be.
1: I remember seeing it and then I remember because BBC Four have been repeating them all the episodes of Top of the Pops and it I happened to be yes. watching it when, it when it came on again so
2: okay <laughs> i was going to say in 1988 um one of uh, the football greats who uh, the year before had left his, uh, his, his beloved football club to go and play in italy uh, came back to said beloved football club after only one year away at juventus ian rush came back and um apparently the, the, Everyone knows the quote. Obviously, uh, I couldn't settle in Italy. Uh, it was like living in a foreign country. <laughs> right. But apparently, I read this thing where he said he, he's been tormented by that for years. He said it was a setup. I never said it. He said yeah. it was his Liverpool teammates made it up as a joke, and it's just gone down into folklore. Yeah. He said he said I never said it. Um, so then they got me thinking. Okay, let's find some other ridiculous quotes that footballers have said. All right. So I thought it was a good avenue to this. So there is the first one is actually a real Ian Rush one. Commenting, uh, commentating uh, on a Liverpool game and uh, talking about uh, uh, Jimmy Traore. He said he has to adapt to the English game. And he did that by going on loan to Lens this season. <laughs> 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 um, uh, Ian Wright. Uh, using an an unintentionally fitting metaphor about his former teammates Tony Adams' battle with the alcohol when he said it took a lot of bottle for Tony to own up. (laughs) Uh, Brian Moore, going into full Graham Taylor mode here, he, brackets Zinedine Zidane, has the body of a bear, the mind of a fox, and um, terrific skills. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, da, da, da. Let's have a look. Uh, interviewer would it be fair to describe you as a volatile player david beckham well i can play in the center on the right and occasionally on the left side
0: <laughs> Is
3: that, that real? can't
2: be real <laughs> come on um uh, uh, did, uh, uh michael owen i was really surprised when the fa knocked on my doorbell <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's uh there's a few uh murray walker
2: ones as well in there, for this kind of thing um yes i was just using football but yeah there is we should we should do a whole section on that yeah,
1: you got- yeah the, well the things like the well, ones like do my eyes to see me or does mansell's car sound rough or something something like that
3: <laughs> um
1: <laughs> And uh, I remember there was one where he's taught, I can't remember what it's it's not Formula One, it's it's something else like touring cars or something and he and he said something like, That car is totally unique, apart from the one behind it, which is identical. <laughs> 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 but uh yeah, that's I'm I'm Murray Walker out there. But there must be loads of his, I think.
2: Must be. He did he, uh, he he gone recently, hasn't he, Murray Walker, in the last yes, year? Yes he did. He did, yeah, it was a recent gone that. Recent gowns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also a, a segue into the um, into the gaunts, But just before we maybe do, nearly gaunt, uh Nineteen eighty-eight. Because this is a new one. People new, section. <laughs> new section. New um, section. Well, obviously, um, nineteen eighty-eight was the uh, the horrific uh, uh, bomb on the plane, the Pan Am Flight One Hundred and Three that exploded over Lockerbie. Um, And I think everybody, or most people probably know the story about John Lydon, who should have been on it. You know the story, Mark? Yes,
3: Yes, I remember that,
2: uh, For those who don't know this, uh, Sex Pistol lead singer John Lydon um, was meant to be on the flight with his wife, uh, but apparently his wife was faffing about packing, um, having got up late, and in the end, they ended up having a massive row, and John Lydon went back to bed, um, and they said, oh, they'll get the flight the next day. And of course, the flight went up and went down, and there you go. But okay. apparently there were other celebrities who could have died on that plane as well. They almost got it. Not just John Lydon. So apparently the four tops were meant to be on it. Wow. All of the four tops. Uh, apparently they were in London uh, to record uh, something for Top of the Pops, which I'm guessing would have been Loco and Acapulco, uh, wouldn't yeah, it? I guess. Yeah,
3: um,
2: And uh, apparently uh, uh, Duke Vakir, uh, one of the four tops, said... Um, that the producer at the top of the Pops was the reason that they didn't get on that plane because um, he explained, he said that apparently the group had a, a plan to do two performances for the show um, and they said that the group wanted to record them together but they were told they couldn't do both of them at the same session. Uh, they would have to fly back in because one of the shows wasn't going out until the new year and he said, no, we're not doing it and we put our foot down and said, look, we're not coming back. Let's just do it here. And there's a bit of a scuffle. In the end, they said, all right, record two and get a flight the next day. And they should, had they done the one track, mm, they would, would have um, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. And, uh, and Kim Cattrall should have been on it as well. Apparently, she decided to take another flight because she neglected to go to Harris to buy her mother a teapot. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that could have been. So you could have got, could have been Johnny Rotten and his wife, the four tops and Kim Cattrall.
1: I The thing is that i can't believe is that they they allow the four tops to all be on the same plane i thought it'd be like the royal family where they all have to travel on different different (laughs) different planes so so if disaster strikes they don't all go at once
2: um talking which, should we do the golden list
0: yeah look at that it's
2: it's coming it's finally coming together you see (laughs) it's back it's back so first on the golden list i'm sure you've got some as well Gary. back us up but um Mr. Mr. Men author Roger Hargreaves. Gorn. I Gorn. Oh, Gorn. Oh, I know. I saw that one. Mr. Gorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been that.
1: quite a good
0: premise, actually. Like, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> kind of, some kind of zombie book for
2: children.
0: <laughs> yeah. I used to <laughs> those books, actually. I've <laughs> Like...
2: Well, you the know. nice thing was his son took over the writing and drawing of them, didn't he? After Roger Hargreaves passed away, yeah. Um, eighty-five million copies, wow, in total, in twenty languages. First published in nineteen seventy-one, and I was looking at the at the at the the first sort of three or four published, and the first three we've all heard of. One of them, I just one of them, I've never heard of at all. Just sounds like a drug addict. So you've got Mr. Tickle, Mr. Greedy, and Mr. Happy. And then Mr. Snow. <laughs> I don't Keith Richards. I don't know that one.
0: I <laughs> I've never seen that one.
2: Welcome to the stage. Mr. Snow. Hi <laughs> hey, Keith, come on.
1: Yeah. Uh, is he just like a snowman or presumably is he? Is I'm a assuming he was. Romance?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still think Mr. Gorn is a that's <laughs> viable.
1: That's one one to add to the to the to the
2: number. Um, it was also a bad year for carry on stars. Uh, Kenneth Williams and Charles Hawtrey both gone. I I couldn't believe that Charles
1: Hawt. It was only 1988. Um, I thought Charles Hawtrey must have must have been gone a long earlier than 1980. He always seems so old in the films. Well, um, yeah. I thought he must have been really old, so there's no way he made it past like 1980.
2: But although if yeah. you see him in, like Passport to Pimlico, which is what mid 40s, he looks about th- 12, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But um but yeah, apparently um, he, uh, he he towards the end he wasn't a very pleasant chap actually. Apparently if fans asked him for an autograph, he'd just swear at them and rip up the bits of paper in front of them and things. And um and uh, yeah, I tell you what, I did. I, I was looking at. I did when I was reading up about it how little the carry-on stars got paid for each, each film they did I know mm-hmm. it was like the 60s and 70s but um, five. the average was five grand per film for the top stars
0: that must well, have been a decent that must have been a it? year's
1: salary wonder what they did at the box office
2: well apparently very well didn't they because Peter Rogers the producer made a pretty decent return out of them because oh, right, the so. budgets weren't big, were they? No,
1: no, that were. Yeah, there's no
2: no spaceships or uh, laser beams in them, was there? No. I, I tell you what, you can tell Mark's out of practice. He's not asking me how Charles Hawtree died, and, I, and for once, I've actually gone and got the information.
0: Been... <laughs> how did he die?
2: <laughs> Collapsed in a doorway in a hotel. He shattered his femur. He was rushed to hospital, where it was discovered he had um, some. Uh, he, suffer, he was suffering from peripheral vascular disease, um, a condition of the arteries brought on by a lifetime of heavy smoking. He was told that to save his life, his legs would have to be amputated. He refused, saying, "I'm going to die with my boots on." And he went three years later, uh, three days later. Wow. Age I yeah, I wouldn't
0: have had him down as the smoking getting him. I'd have thought he would have been a more the drink.
2: He, he did like a bit of the sauce, didn't he?
0: I don't know why I speculate on how people are going to die or have died. but.
2: Well, as it. someone who's had a near-death yourself, I think out of the three of us, you're the most qualified.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. That's the thing. It's like these people who say, oh, yeah, I was, I was nearly on a flight to Lockerbie. I was. <coughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Got through it. <laughs> Blue-lighted to Nottingham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another goal. Roy Kinnear. Go, oh, Roy Kinnear. Now, yeah. can you remember how Roy Kinnear died? I remember... Because I'd remem- forgotten until I looked it up. I remember the set of he fell horse. Something. Yes, he did. Because I thought it was a heart attack, which it was. He died the next day from a heart attack in hospital, brought on by the injuries. But I'd totally forgotten about the falling off of the horse. Was it Was it like the four musketeers or something? The know, run run in the Grand National. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, no one did furtive and sweaty quite like Roy Kinnear, did they? He was, no. he
1: was the best. He had the, he he had the market here. cornered. He did. If he needed that, he was he was your man.
2: Now, oh. do you remember Roy Kinnear starred in a program, a sitcom that got pulled after just two episodes in 1987 I called do. Hardwick House? Yes, I do. Uh, man, let me read in the description. Do you remember that, Mark? No. Right, this is it, right? So the series is, was set in a large comprehensive school um, of the title, Hardwick House, and the staff were, uh, quote, dysfunctional, as dysfunctional as the pupils. So one teacher is a multiple murderer while the head, the deputy headmaster lusts after male pupils. Of course you not got pulled, mate.
1: I <laughs> you see, now I, I, remember, I remember it being on and I remember watching one of the episodes and thinking I didn't think it was very funny but I remember that one of the um, teachers did something that I don't know if it was a science class or something that led to a pupil being electrocuted so this this girl went into this classroom and then all the lights went and then she came she sort of came out with her hair up and she was all burnt and whatever she came staggering out and i remember the next day when there were there were like the programs like open air and things like that used to be on during the day um and it was uh they were they were talking about it and the people were so so offended by this child being electrocuted i don't even remember the teachers (laughs) lusting after the the male pupils or that's
2: how bad that must
1: have been yeah it was like they, they just really went after this this scene with the girl being electrocuted well, how on earth is this funny and at the time being about like 13 or 14 years old i was thinking well that was the only bit that was funny <laughs> um twisted
2: gary dear twisted.
1: points of view yeah.
0: <laughs> Why oh why oh why have you removed this hit show, (laughs) Hardwick House, which normalised paedophilia within (laughs) schools? I had a hilarious scene of utter badness and tragedy. She
1: she wasn't gone though. That was the thing.
2: She she survived it.
0: We are happy ending.
2: Yeah. Unlike our next gone, Percy Thrower gone. Oh. From growing daisies to pushing them up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like now, there's so many TV gardeners now. You, you can't, you can't make a joke about a. Well, I suppose you go to Monty Don now, in it. Like, yeah. If you if you want to mock somebody in a garden, <laughs> your go to <laughs> is is a Monty gag. But Take back back on, Charlie Dimmock
2: gag. Back
0: then, literally. Percy Thrower was the only game in town. No mm. ma- like, to, If you're going to refer to a gardener, it, it was Percy. And it didn't matter who <laughs> it was. If they were in a garden, it they were behaving right. like Percy Thrower.
2: So didn't you look after the Blue Peter guy? Well, that's what well. I was going to say to you. Week in, week out, this is the man who smoked a pipe on children's television. <laughs> yes. Gary, he's got to be a hero of yours, surely. <laughs>
1: yes Yes, i I remember he used to set fire to a child and use them to light his pipe i remember it was
2: hilarious the the man who who wept openly when les Ferdinand and his mates broke into the blue peter garden and trashed it (laughs) yes i'd
1: forgotten about that
2: yeah that's that's
1: that's another one of those things isn't
2: it the the football star. is that true that's not true yeah less further than said it he, he said he was you know not party to the smashing and legged it out again but yeah he was in the gang who broke in to the blue peter garden and trashed it
1: oh i thought that was just one of those
0: no it was front page of the no. sun when he admitted it yeah
2: he admitted it oh right
0: oh. Got his yeah got his blue peter badge taken away <laughs> blue peter badge and gun <laughs> and them over Ferdinand.
2: well i tell you what he was nothing but dedicated apparently he made his last recording for blue peter from his hospital bed one week before he died what did he say uh,
0: oh see
2: so you don't like it when i'm back <laughs> <laughs> what were percy throwers last recorded words see you next week <laughs> brackets, <laughs> probably not yeah. Probably won't see you next week
0: Anyway, never mind Les Ferdinand's Confessional Earlier, Gary, Gary was talking About his pipe It turns Possible out title. Yeah, turns out he didn't buy it For comic effect His in-laws Bought it as a gift And he's never lit it Oh, Gary they, they said to him, What do you want for
1: Christmas? And he said, A pipe. <laughs> so they bought uh, him a pipe. Yeah. But they, they knew it was for comic effect, so they knew I was only ever gonna point with it and do that. So <clears throat>
2: it's a there bit old go. now. It didn't taste very nice. Possible title off. <laughs> right, uh, next gone. Gert Frobe. Gorn Who? goldfinger oh was it the, the actor <laughs> yeah the actor who was in chitty chitty bang bang uh those no, the the flying machines and was goldfinger <laughs> um say yeah Mark.
0: oh god <laughs>
2: um, apparently he didn't speak very good english so in goldfinger he was dubbed ah by an english actor called michael collins uh, yes. and apparently he was also in the nazi party Oh, that's uh, not good. Well, that no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before yeah, you put him like... under the gun, let me stick up for Gert. Um, he joined the Nazi Party in 1929, Aged 16, and left in 1937. Um, I have to say, a friend of mine, um, a very good friend of mine, his mum, who passed away last year, dear dear lady, she was German and she was in the Hitler Youth because basically they it were told. To We've got the scouts. Yeah. To them, that's what they were told at eight, nine years old. Um, anyway, in September 1944, the Nazis closed down theatres in Nazi Germany and he was drafted into the German army where he served until the end of the war. Apparently, after his party membership became known after World War Two, Israel banned uh, any film that he was in until a Jewish survivor revealed um, just eight weeks after that his life... And his mothers were saved when Frobe hid them from the Nazis. Yes. getting That's that is a great a
0: story, good, isn't it? Mm. Yeah.
2: That, that's in a real, like,
0: good man.
1: <laughs> I Make expect
0: you, you to painted hide. It, You <laughs> painted him as a villain.
1: Yeah.
0: And the then you turned it around telling. at the
2: end. The yeah. art of
0: storytelling. Yeah. 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 I was thinking, this is getting bad. This is getting really bad.
2: Yeah. No, no, he did. Uh, he looked after them.
1: Do we know what odd jobs political allegiances were? (laughs) Out of interest. No. Only allegiance was to Goldfinger, obviously.
2: I think so. (laughs) I think so. So that's a great story, isn't it? I love that. That is a good story. story. Um, Presumably, they're getting better
0: from, like, this is, we're we're getting some momentum now, aren't we? Like, the next one's going to be even better. (laughs) You say that.
3: (laughs) Roy Orbison, (laughs) gone.
0: Well, that didn't, didn't the Travelling Wilburys form in 1988 and were yes. gone in 1988? He
2: recorded the first album with them. And then, uh, did he record Black and White Nights concerts that were on Channel 4, weren't they? I remember those. Bruce Springsteen and Elvis Costello were playing backing guitar with him and stuff. Um, and then he had a, a huge uh, connery, as Del Boy would say, didn't he? And that was that. The, in, in the, sorry Mark In the Travelling Wilburys single After he died They did a video and they had a rocking chair that where They are all sat in chairs And a rocking chair with his guitar on it They'd put on for him
0: Poignant, you've yeah. done your research this week I, I take it all back <laughs> if, if the Travelling Wilburys had stuck together They'd have been a really famous band Wouldn't they, it's such, such a shame <laughs> They could have gone places Couldn't they
2: could have been something. He
1: was one of those people who was a lot younger than you imagined he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and you see him, you know, as a young person growing Gary, up, like,
2: Gary, your microphone is up by your forehead. Sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: no, Landing planes as well. It's yeah. Working for easy, <laughs> Mumble <jam.
1: There laughs> <was>, that again. <laughs> uh, the, oh, well, can you hear me? Testing. We're
2: all out of practice.
1: Yeah. On he so one, one of those people who was he was a lot younger than um you thought he was. Yeah. He he, he I always thought he was really old because he was his music seemed to have been around since the sixties and I always thought that was an old um a long time. Yeah, but he, he was only like what was it early early well no, was it fifties, fifty it? something? 50s.
2: Yeah, early fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah.
1: So I thought he must have been in his like seventies or something. Right.
0: Yeah, I really want to do a Roy Orbison impression, but it's not it's not gonna yield, is it?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> in my head it sounds great. Yeah, no, let's not do that.
2: Um and then there's a few more gones. Uh Russell Harty. Gone. Oh, yeah. Um Grace Grace Jones finished him off, didn't she?
0: Well, I, uh, I don't think she would say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it was the press that finished him off. Oh, was it really? Yeah, according to his family, because um, he, he he died of um, uh, liver failure caused by hepatitis. Um, but the press were running stories insinuating that it was uh, inferring rather than it was uh, it was maybe uh, HIV.
1: Oh, right. Yes, of course, Yeah, because he was gay and only gay people got that back then, didn't yes, they? Yes, yes. According right. to the press. Yeah,
2: indeed. Um, Jimmy Edwards, gone. Oh,
0: yeah, but what a moustache. Like, he, there's a man with moustache legacy. <laughs> it's a, it's a, there aren't many. It's Groucho Marx, Tom yeah. Selleck. Yeah, and, same uh, person. Yeah, Jimmy Edwards. Any, any more?
2: Charles
0: Bronson, the prisoner. Yeah, maybe. Not a bad one. Went um, to horrible people territory now, though. Wrong kind of legacy. Yeah,
2: you're right.
0: <laughs> you see, the, other, the others were friendly tashes. <laughs> like, you've got Charles Bronson, prisoner and Hitler. Like the, the, these, these are tashes not to be copied.
2: <laughs> Graham Gooch.
1: Graham Gooch. A, had a, Murph Hughes, you. the Aussie fast bowler. Oh, yeah.
0: Murph Hughes had a good one. Murph yeah, yeah. the swerve. It's always... Right. Always oh, weird, like when they shave them off. It's like da- David Seaman, former England footballer. Now yes. he hasn't got a touch. It's like the top off of his face is <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a full English breakfast chops. <laughs> 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 some people need that furry anchor
1: oh, to keep God. it all together. My dad, my dad was like that. He he shaved it off once and. We couldn't look at him for a like fortnight until he'd grown it back. It was get it back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad, my dad shaved his off and it was like he came down one night and he just shaved it off without telling anybody he was gonna do it. Yeah. Did your dad give you That's free... exactly what my dad did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no warning at all.
1: What the hell is that?
2: <laughs> Who the hell is that? Get back upstairs <laughs> and grow that mustache. <laughs> Don't come down, young man, until, yeah. until that top lip's furry. Um I've got three more golds. Uh, Trevor Howard, actor, yeah, gold, brief encounter, brilliant stuff. Um, uh, and the last one, gold. I've got Enzo Ferrari. Oh yes. Who? Who? Gone, 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 gone.
1: And there goes Ferrari. There we go. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Um, there is there is another goal of that year the one pound note
3: oh
0: oh I used to like a pound note
1: i know yeah, yeah the, it ceased How, to be ceased to be legal tender in 1988 in
0: 1988 when you had a pound in your hand it was incredible
1: yeah it was. <laughs> you felt you felt like that the world was your oyster yeah or at least your whelk wasn't it Stroll, yeah.
0: yeah strolling into the news agents with a pound note in your hand like yeah razzle <laughs> a razzle pack of bags and a can of coke and i'm still going to get change and then realize you're not going to be allowed to buy any of those like, things exactly. over the is
2: that even now when i listen to the jam song pretty green i always think oh it's not done that many anymore." you ain't got them not the same is it i've got a pocket full of silver of, of gold coins yeah, so, yeah. purple it's got a Pocket full of purple 20s. <laughs>
0: would have never been a hit, would
2: it? Never would have worked. Um, the pubs were allowed to stay open all day for the first time in 1988. New licensing laws. Don't you remember?
1: That doesn't seem that
2: long ago. It doesn't seem... No. 1988, when you could drink from <laughs> from the morning until the evening. And we all tried it. <laughs> Yeah, so that happened, and uh, I bought my first house in 1988. There you go, two bedroom terrace on the outskirts of Derby. Eight six 16, 16 grand. Oh,
0: right. Reading his own Wikipedia page.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wild <laughs> blood Derby after controversy and took refuge in Lincoln.
2: <laughs> after day, never to be seen again that was it
1: there's um a few a few borns Ooh. on uh in 1988 i thought were worth mentioning first of all um me when i've got the hump tiny temper <laughs> um the i think he's a is he a rap rap star he says i have no idea um this i thought was interesting rupert grint who is Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter films.
0: We know who he is, Gary.
1: <laughs> and Tyson <laughs> Fury are the same age. No. Shit.
0: That's
1: I crazy. I couldn't believe it. Both born in 1988.
2: That is just a bit uh, mind blowing. It doesn't seem right, that does it?
1: That shouldn't that shouldn't be the case, but apparently it is.
2: So. When was the time. first Harry Potter film? About 2000? Uh, Sorry, yeah, it would have No, 2001, wasn't it? It would have been about then, yeah. yeah. So when I took my daughter to watch that one, she was about 9 or 10 and having read the first two books, and I just spent the entire film watching her face just, like, just magical moments, watching this thing come to life in her head that she'd read every night. Yeah. Um, at that time, Tyson Fury was... Twelve I'm like, oh man, unbelievable. Jeez. Yeah, he was punching people in the face. Yeah, two thousand and one it was. Yeah. So Harry Potter and the crashing left hook. <laughs> yes.
1: So I thought I just yeah, I couldn't I couldn't it didn't seem to equate in my head when I saw that. I thought that was worth mentioning. That is worth mentioning. It's
0: good mention that.
1: Yeah. Mentioned. Consider it mentioned.